you're listening to Matt King and Vince Tracy on Vince Tracy Podcasts. Very good day. Welcome, everybody. Just checking our date is the 19th of December, 2023. Could you believe it? Well, as Matt is a very light sleeper, and uh, I um, normally am not a light sleeper, this is an unusual time for me. Uh, but the definition on the mountain, lovely and clear. It's uh, definitely a bit cooler. And I think if I go roughly 40 minutes, 45 minutes, sensible driving due west, I should find Matt and he should tell me that it's uh, a lovely sunny day with um, all sorts of things happening there. But anyway, let me find out. Good morning to you, Matt. And what's your weather like? Well, good morning, Vince. Well, you know, whatever the weather, really, it's, it's a lovely day. We should all be appreciative of everything we are given in our day. But... I'd like to say that it is the same as yours. The sun is rising up over the horizon and uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty cloudless day again today. So that means it will be chilly. It'll probably stay a little bit cold. I, I think it was, it, it's a weird, it's a, you know, Spain is so weird and we live in a valley really. And, uh, and then look out to the, go down to the sea. But um, it was so cold last night about, seven o'clock 14 it was 13 14 it was so cold that's not cold is it really to be honest but there you go and then it rose to 19 degrees wow up here which is and often we often get temperature inversion they call it um but it feels like it's certainly dropped down to uh yes today i was watching a tv show called um keeping up appearances and I recall the day I was walking in Albia, and uh, oh no, it was Altair actually, I think it was. And Madame Bouquet was walking down the prom, <laughs> and so Mrs. Bucket, <clears throat> Mrs. Bucket. So I thought, yeah, there's a great uh, topic to talk about: keeping up appearances. Does our appearance really matter? So, um, yeah, I mean, the way that we present ourselves to the world is very important. Uh, especially if maybe we can uh, we can make amendments, whereas a lot of people, especially when you look at Gaza and these other places where the war is rife, um, there's no chance that these people can, you know, uh, worry about their appearance. All they've got to do is survive. And I think sometimes, you know, with all the advantages we have, with all the things that we have going for us, uh, too many people still do not realise that there are little decencies, human decencies. You know, um, before I uh, put my Skype on or whatever the machine might be, um, you know, I'm going to make sure I get a wash and a shave and um, make sure I'm presentable. And if that's with anybody, Matt. You know, it's just it's just good manners for me. But um, am I being a little bit exaggerated? What do you think? Oh, no, I mean... The good old saying is manners maketh man. And uh, really, that was drilled into me by my parents. Um, and actually at school as well, that was that was you were always supposed to be respectful. You were always supposed to be look after yourself. And we I can remember one year somebody decided we were going to have teeth inspections to see if you're blooming things because there were borders there as well. So as you went in, you had to smile um at the uh, master standing in collecting you in the thing that was quite amusing really but you know i i do think it's gone i don't think you know anything goes now and you're not supposed to remark on someone's clothing or someone's um style um and if they're if they're antagonistic as well instead of that being a bad thing it look it makes some people make it out to be a, a good th you know oh he's got spirit he's got drive he's got whatever it's just being excuse it bloody rude i think but well, um 
I mean, you, you've seen it, same, same as I have, uh, where you've got uh, one of these, um, should we say, young 20-year-olds who basically has got the trousers hanging down so that you can, uh, you know, virtually supply and demand to the, those people that want to look at pornographic stuff. Um, I mean, it's just ridiculous, really, um, that, that people seem to think that you can walk around with your trousers hanging down so that people can can view what's on offer, you know. I mean, it's just horrible. I, uh, I think the one thing that seems to have gone from society at the moment is class. And I'm pretty sure your good lady, Rebecca, is the same as my Anne. You know, Anne never gets up without making sure she's 100% presentable. And then when she goes out, she makes sure that she's uh, dressed appropriately for whatever she's going to do during that sort of uh, visit to wherever she's going. I just feel that there's an awful lot of people think that it doesn't matter anymore. And it does matter, doesn't it? Oh, I think, I mean, you know, going for a job in our day when we were when we were younger, which is, I don't know, about a zillion years ago now. But when we were younger, you you wouldn't think of turning up in a pair of jeans or a, even if they were smart jeans or they were smart, to, a smart top that was genie or shirt ha, ha, open or, or anything like that. But I, I mean, okay, it was bar work. Well, I was sat in the bar talking to, to in Brew Rock actually in Alfas, and I was sat talking to the owner because um, we used to do some Christmas shows there. And uh, she in walks this uh, person. She said, "Oh, I've just got to go. I've got, I've got to just see this guy for interview." When I when when I turned around and looked at him, I thought he'd come in off of a, mu- a music festival. I, did, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he had he had a beard, which I always think makes someone look a little bit dirty anyway. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that all beards are bad, but I do think that some people, especially as you're growing them, yeah. because I have tried it and it and it, it 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 makes you look dirty. Anyway, he turned up and that he didn't get the job. And I'm not sure why. I mean, I didn't ask why he didn't get the job. But really, it is. It's horrendous. It is, it is really horrendous how people don't seem to care anymore or what their fashion is, is is really nothing to do with with anything, um, anything to do with the success or getting a job. I remember when we were growing up and my mother and father would always call you for uh, getting ready for school. Uh, you'd have the drill, you'd have to wash your face, make sure the back of your neck's clean, behind your ears, uh, check your teeth are okay. Um, You know, you'd have a little inspection before you went out of the house. Absolutely. These are in days when we didn't have anything. And, you know, unfortunately, people do have things, even if they think they're not very well off these days. If you compare it with the times when you and I were growing up, I think people have got a heck of a lot. And basically, the very least you need to do is to remember the way that your parents used to send you out to school. There was respect for the school. There was respect for the teachers. There was respect for the idea that you go to be educated. Whereas these days, I'm not too sure where you've got mothers who are turning up in uh, maybe curlers, standing outside the school gates in dressing gowns, I mean, you know, it's it's easy to criticise because obviously we don't have to get everybody ready. But I would have thought with a modicum of, of uh, planning, remembering that my mother's uh, never had my mother never had a car to, to go to school with. We had to walk to school. So she'd have to walk us down to school and then she'd have to walk back home from school. These days, I don't think some of the modern mothers realise just how lucky they are. I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, they get out of a. They, they invariably have a car that they put their kid into or do whatever. I mean, you must have been round schools near you where you you can't get past in the morning when the kids are going to school. That there's all. But I do like the fact that still here there is there are always the police around. You've always got the policemen around and. Uh, guiding traffic and looking after making sure the kids get to school across the zebra crossings which of course the old lollipop lady do you remember that one oh. where she was all 
meeting her in the morning and my <laughs> our one used to have a little bag of sweets and as you went across and you said good morning she would give you uh she'd give you a, a sweet um, i mean can you imagine that going on nowadays what would people say oh she's she's a danger to society she's giving children sweets i mean but that back then it was it was lovely you, you wonder where it's all gone wrong because if you've got somebody who wants to do something nice which is to give a child a sweet and yet now they run the gauntlet as to whether or not they're going to be castigated and um, criticised for doing that, Uh, something drastic has changed and you wonder what it is. Is it really the values that have changed or is it the people that have changed? I think it's it's everything. Everything has changed. I think um, technology's changed and that's made a difference to how hip someone can be or not i have to say my my son step my stepson has uh, just um well two years ago started a business and he had he's an ideas guy really he just fires around with ideas and he he actually um is doing really well he's selling real estate um but he's doing high-end market real estate and so far, he believe it or not, in two years, he's been to Bulgaria, he's been to Romania, he's been to, he's just come back from Japan, uh, from China, believe it or not, at a at a at a sort of showcase thing there, and uh, he's he he is really doing well, and he dresses sharp, what we would call sharp. Yeah. He puts a suit on. I mean, he's got a very slim figure, but he puts a suit on. Yesterday, he, he came in with a barber, uh, not a barber, um, what's the, the, a jacket, a, a, a coat, a long coat with uh, a Burberry right. coat. Yeah. And you could see it was a Burberry because it was cut, the perfect cut. But instead of him, he can afford to buy a new one. But, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't waste his money. He bought that somewhere secondhand of somebody else and he he's astute with his money so you know it, it, not not everybody's um you know like they used like it what stupid with with things like that but he's he's really doing well and i'm very proud of him very yeah. proud of him well it sounds wonderful and uh, basically, I think what we're seeing is that the countries that possibly we wouldn't have thought of as being an affluent country are taking the place of the likes of Britain, where you'd expect people to want to walk around and show people how, how good they can look. But, um, you know, uh, let's go back to the schools for a minute and uh, look at the primary school. Now, I don't think there's much nicer to see than all the little kids coming to school together you know, with their uniforms on and, uh, you know, talking to each other, chatting away, ready to go into the school, being delivered safely by parents and then um, ushered into the school and obviously there to try and learn. Whereas, you know, um, I think even the teachers have now changed dramatically to the way that I think I would like to think I would have presented myself. I think, I, yeah, you are you are right, but I th- I think there's so much pressure on the teachers to do other things, the administration stuff like that. I I do think it's um, well, it's not difficult to get up in the morning or have your clothes. I, could, I mean, because you would have done it as well, probably. I guess, but I used to have all my clothes ready for the next day, hung up on a yeah. hanger. So I used to get out of bed and have a shower, put them on, and that was it. Off to school. Yeah. Um, and it's not difficult. It's really not difficult to do that, is it? Really, to be honest, you you can be well organised to do that. I I don't think people bother these days. They don't. I mean, for me anyway, I'm a bit of a scruffy bum, right? Yeah, I I I've always been of a scruff bag, but my mind has always been that it's not about the clothes you wear because I know some not particularly nice people who who dress up because they're either drug dealers or they're they're doing something else to get a lot of money. They dress up, but they're not particularly nice people. I'm not saying everybody who dresses up is like that, but, you know, generally speaking. But I've always 
maintain that it's 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 better to be a good person through your whole body than depending on what you dress like and if people can't accept you for the way you dress then that's fair enough it's me i look at it it's their loss you know i the other thing i have is you know i'm i'm a rather large person um there's not many places i mean even when i go to the sales at court in glaze extra large uh, they've got a bit of a floor for stuff there um i've got to look at the biggest size there 10x to to actually put on to get any a shirt to even go near me it's just i've always been that big i mean marks and spencers oh good old marks and spencers where my mother used to spend lots of her time every saturday and my father would go oh you're not gonna go to bloody marks and spencers again i am and but she would she would uh even their stuff now i can't get on they're five xls it's um it's, it's almost like with the, everything shrunk. I mean, I know I've got a little bit bigger, but uh, and and things have dropped into the wrong places. But uh, I've always been this size. But it, but I just really truthfully believe you. You know, you can go and help somebody if you're dressed in a. Well, you can't go and help someone necessarily if you're dressed in a suit. But you can always do it when you're scruffed up and bagged, stop the car and do something for somebody. And I, but I do admit that people, even nowadays, probably are aware of how one dresses um, to make an impression. Um, but it's it is different in this classifications of it. If you're going for a job, I wouldn't go like I was going. No, no. But I mean, if 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 say we stick with the school example for a minute, and we'll go from the secondary for the primary school to the secondary school. Now, when you were in school, um, did you have a uniform? Was it inspected? If so, how was it inspected? Well, we <laughs> inspected. It was not the word. It was almost there was a collar. There was a queue. You had to get to school half an hour early so that you could go through this queue of one teacher at one one part of it. Another teacher, as you went, entered the school and they would literally turn you around, look at your tie, look at your... Had, that had to be done up and tie up to the, the collar. Uh, his collar had to be done up because the trend was sort of in the early 70s was to have this uh, wide boy type look where you had your collar open and you, a big... was it, uh, What's the name of the knot that uh, used to tie in your tie? A great, that great big one, there was a name for it, but... You, you, that's how you tied your tie, and that wasn't the regulation of the school. So if you had that, you took it off in front of everybody, pulled out on the side and made to tie it up again, which was, in my day, humiliating. Now, probably, I don't think, even if that did happen in any school, anybody would particularly take any notice of it. They'd just go, ah, ah you got caught. Us, to us, it was, it was definitely... Um, degrading to be caught and uh i i just i just think it did give us a sense of pride pride if we if you have pride in your appearance here i am talking about i don't dress up anymore but um you know for an occasion which is sadly now as it will be for you most of the occasions i go to are are funerals there's uh, not so much weddings but i think that's the the the, the time and I think it's really important to show respect to the people that have passed. Yeah. And and that includes clothes as well. Yes. Uh, sometimes it's a bit of a dilemma because they've asked for a dress code um, of bright colours. And, you know, so, of course, you know, when you... Well, here especially. Here especially. Okay. Um, well, I can remember in our school, we had um, a school blazer. We had a school cap. Now, if we, was, I hated wearing the cap, but if we were found out in the street without our cap on, um, that's detention or that's a punishment. Or, you know, there would be retribution. So, well, I'm sorry, carry on. Well, I mean, the thing is, you're out representing your school, and you know, there's enough chance for you to do things which you shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, fighting on the way to school, messing about on the way to school, um, jumping off the bus without paying on the way to school and all that sort of stuff that, you know, could let the school down, if you like. 
And so by the time you actually want, went to the school and um, your prefects were busy checking you out, um, yeah, we, we did have steps all along the way to make sure that we were trying to uh, um, appear to the world like we took a pride in our appearance. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we not only had this inspection when we went out, of the, went into the school in the morning, but when we came out, we would have a, a teacher standing on the hidden in it, it, the the road we well, my school was in was called Watery Lane, and he would be he would be moored either in the road on the left hand side as we went down, or there was a pathway, church path it was called, and um, he would be down there, and they'd sit and they wait because of course a lot of lads would just take their tie off as soon as they got out of school. They was if you got caught you're in detention, so you would turn round, march back, and you. Uh, you and the other those things like it it just springs to mind now we never told our parents where we were if you got detention and then it came in i think i actually if i was given detention when i was teaching i had to do it the day after and i have to give them a note to say they wouldn't be back home because they were in detention yeah so you know time that's that's changed as well but but it, you know, it was drummed into us that you should look nice. And I can remember going to my first interview for my job, and I wore a blazer, um, uh, uh, tr- nice trousers, polished shoes. I took a real pride in in doing what I did. But but it seems to have all just faded away. But I mean, I still always make sure I'm shaved before I do or go anywhere or do anything. I I, I make sure that my clothes are clean. And I'm not caught out. My, my, my mother was always saying, you have to have clean underpants. You never know what's going to happen to you. And if you end up in hospital, that won't be very nice for you. Now, you need to get your underpants changed. That was always, so that's always continued. Um, I, I think you have, to, you, have to, you have to be like that for your personal self, not to be pr- proud of yourself and how you, how, how you are. I think the... Uh, the advent of the trainers has always lent itself to people becoming lazy. You know, myself included, you know, uh, I wear trainers a lot. And um, every now and again, you think, oh, I've not cleaned my trainers for such a long while. And you check them out and you give them a, a real good cleaning. And you feel that, you know, you should have done that a few weeks ago, never mind a few days ago, you know. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. But, um, you know, I'm, I can think as soon as you said that, I thought, bearing in mind, we were teaching kids a couple of years ago. We, I know one child, uh, one particular child. Um, it's a she. Um, her father earns quite a lot of money. But if she made her trainers dirty, and I'm talking about trainers that are 800 euros, right? Trainers, 800 euros. If she made them dirty, she'd get another pair. Now, on the scale of, you know, explosion, that is just, that's just, but then you have to sort of blame the parents, don't you, really? If you, uh, if you, if you, and, 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 you know, he does, the guy earns a lot of money, so, and he treats his kids. Well, but that is, that is going above and beyond, really, to a 17-year-old. What about, what about when you left school and uh, took your first job? Can you remember whether you had to wear a uniform or whether you had to present yourself in a certain way? Oh, yeah. Well, it was shirt, shirt and tie and a jacket. Um, and that was working with John Langs, the big constructing company uh, up in the city in London. Um, and I used to cycle up there from Twickenham. which was about 13 miles. But I did it with bicycle clips on my legs in a racing bike and um i had this uh i had to sort of like tuck everything in and my jacket in a bag but you had to go in as you were part of the management team you had to go in looking like management because there is that that, that certainly for us there was i mean nowadays i look around in offices and i go in and i go who's the boss yes who's the boss 
They're all dressed in sweaters or shirts or polo shirts or or whatever, but not nothing that's uh, nothing that's uh, re- would you would think. Oh, he's the boss, or he's smarter than those people. It just seems to be one of those things that has just been la- laxed. Well, here in Spain, of course, um, if we go to say the supermarkets now, they've all gone up a gear since we've been here. I've got to say. Uh, from the first couple of times that we went to the likes of Lidl and the first, uh, when when you went to your Mercadonna's and Massey Mass and all these other places, they've all got uh, a lot more corporate now. They've all uh, got better uniforms. They seem to be much better aware of how they should approach a customer, how they should respond to a customer. And, um, you know, most of them will wear a name tag and for me, when I'm at the checkout, I always like to engage them via that name tag. You know, oh, me too. Exactly the same. I, it, it just it gives me a warmth. I don't know about you, but yeah. it gives me a sense of satisfaction to do that. Yeah, I, I think it does. Uh, plus, if it's a name that we don't know and you ask and they can see that you're interested... I think um, very often when I've explained, look, you know, it's um, you, you're far more than any number. So for me, I would suggest that, you know, um, it's a good thing wearing the name tag. And, and obviously it gets me to know who you are. And, and uh, I can um, obviously be far more pleasant from a customer perspective, you know, rather than just somebody going through the till, putting a hand out and expecting the change. You know, I mean, it's nicer to have a chat with somebody and uh, practice a bit of Spanish, isn't it? I, I think it is, but I think it, it actually it actually surprises the Spanish a little bit when you try and engage them like that because they're not that type of people that that do. And so, well, you're aware of that nowadays. But I mean, that's they they aren't really the type of people that want to engage a stranger. But if their friend came through, it would be they'd be making you wait behind them for five minutes. They'd be chatting away and doing whatever. But a stranger, they're polite and they're nice and they're very, they're, I mean, I, I, I suppose I, we've both got used to it now. We've been here so long. But uh, it, there is there is definitely a difference. Having said that, don't go. I don't go back to the UK much. But the last time we went back to the UK last year um, in the motorhome, so we were buying stuff for us to consume, um, I must admit, there wasn't a please and a thank you and a smiling face like you quite often get here in uh, Mercadona or wherever you're shopping or what you're doing. You, 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 you just don't get it in the UK anymore. And I suppose that's for many, many reasons, this not having the sun being one of them. But, um, but you know, your, your appearance, it, fe- it, it, it does make other people decide what you are actually like. I think so. I, th- I think that the, uh, for example, I had a job where I was uh, in charge of company reps. Now, uh, they were given £5 a week to clean their car. And then they were given, uh, I think it was £5 a week to clean their suit. And so as I met them on the beginning, at the beginning of each day's work, and when I would be accompanying them to see how they worked, those are the sorts of things I'd look at very quickly. I, we would meet by the car, we'd have a form, and we'd have to agree the appearance of the car. Then we'd have to agree the, the appearance of the person, he himself, or uh, if it's a lady, the lady. Uh, because basically, if you're going to go and represent a company and uh, do business with another company, and you've been given an, an allowance to look after your car and look after your, your own suit then the least you can do is spend the money the way it's intended. That's the company uh, that's given you the the ability to do that, and you're not availing yourself of it, you know. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, if if we were ever out of line, I don't remember it happening to me, but I know it happened to another couple of apprentices when we were with Langs. If you turned up not inappropriately dressed, according to them, um, it may not have been inappropriately addressed to some, but you were sent back. You were sent back and your pay was docked. And that that was the hard life of it. So you learned very quickly that you needed to be presentable. 
Um, I remember at school there being every so often a nail check. Right. So they would actually make you stand up in the classroom, put your hands out and check that your your nails were clitch cut because lots of sports required you to be them to be cut as we, you'd damage yourself or damage somebody else. Uh, clean because that was cleanliness was next to godliness and uh, and that would happen uh, randomly not not every day not every week but just once in a while two teachers would come around go to every classroom from the first year to the sixth form and check everybody well i i can remember say well i, I was uh, 17 when i started judo and I remember going to uh, one particular club and um, I got chucked off the mat for having dirty toenails. So, uh, you know, after that, um, obviously, as I went through the ranks and became a Dan Grade, uh, that was one of the few things that we always did. We'd check fingers and toenails. We'd check the gi. We'd make sure the, the kit was clean because basically if you're going to uh, maybe cut somebody and then you've got a dirty kit um, with germs going into the kit, uh, going into the cut. Um, you've got nails that's going to rip people's skin. You've got toes that can be lethal if you, you know, if you're kicking somebody. Um, so, yes, we, we had to check all that. And unfortunately, there were some people who just didn't see it, you know, but uh, they, they do soon see it if you kick them off the mat. Sorry, can't, can't yeah, practice. But the, the, the dis it's called discipline, or it used to be for our... And judo is, as you know, well know, is full of discipline, as was our rugby back in the day. It was... it was. I mean, it still is now, thank goodness, with rugby. I mean, if you if somebody, a player argues back with somebody, uh, or, sorry, even asks a question, it's not the captain of the rugby team, they'll be given 10 yards back. You, you And you have to say, sir... Because that's the respect that you get. Actually, just like football, really, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it just? <laughs> isn't it just? I, 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 I think the whole idea of football at the moment is to try and make it as unattractive and as unmanageable as possible uh, so that the Americans can step in and take it over. I think that's what's going on. Uh, you only have to look at the VAR. People waiting for five minutes to, 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 to have a decision made on something we can all see patently, obviously. Um, it's for me, it's the Americans practicing waiting so you get five minutes of adverts while they. I've, are... never, I've never thought of it like that, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, I think there's a lot more going on. And uh, certainly, um, you know, the ladies' football suddenly being pushed like crazy. Well, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. It's all, everything on TV seems to be women's football. Well, the ladies, of course, uh, in America, it's a big game. The, yeah. the the men haven't been able to crack it. So somebody along the line has thought, hang on, uh, well, what we'll do is we'll force the British game um, to have the ladies' football. And then when we're ready, we're going to take over most. They're about 50% of ownership anyway of the um, of the Premier League. So, yeah, I'm afraid that's part and parcel of it as well. Um, I'm going to go to hotel staff. Now, you know, you go to most of the hotels, most of the good hotels, especially if you go to Benidorm and, you know, the hotels around the Costas here. You go in and nine times out of ten, you can say how professional these people are. Yeah. You know, um, how professional are the waiting staff? How professional are all the aspects of the hoteliers and the tourism and everything that they do here in Spain? I can't speak for London. I can't speak for the UK because I don't go there and see what goes on. But... I have to say, I'm very impressed with what I see here in Spain. I think that um, the, the the days of poor service, I think they seem to have gone, don't they? Well, in hotels, I mean, we went to my on my birthday a couple of weeks ago. We went to Valencia for uh, and I was treated to a an underwater meal at the uh, aquarium. 
there, the oceanographic. Yeah. And uh, it was absolutely amazing, stunning. You didn't have to pay to go in as you normally do to the aquarium. So you get filtered into a lane that, that takes you off to the uh, to this underwater restaurant. And, um, I, you, you know, you're in the, 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 the aquarium and they're looking at you, the fish, on the out, swimming around the outside in these enormous tanks. I mean, it's got to be 100 foot wide, this restaurant, at least. Probably even a bit bigger than that, 150 foot wide. And it's in a circle. And these fish just swim round and round in a circle against the current that's put in there. Crystal clear, beauty, look beautiful. And uh, and we were treated, the, the, the manners and the... The presentation of the food was simply amazing. I, I always have, I don't know about you, but when you get a paella, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's in a poor restaurant or a good restaurant. Normally, they're proud of their food and they let they hold it to, for you to look at. And you're, apparently you're supposed to sort of try and smell it as well. But, but they hold it in front of you to show you. They're so proud of what they do. Um, and I think they still have that here in Spain. They're proud of their, they're proud of their service. They're proud of their food. And it's not often you come back and complain in a Spanish restaurant that they've done something wrong or that they were rude or that they were. You do get it. We get everybody has a bad day, don't they, Vince? I mean, it's it's being a human being. But uh, I, 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 whether it's a menu del dia for ten euros or whether it's a 50 euro a head, you know, mega meal. It's, uh, I think the service is un unbeatable here. And in the hotels, sorry, I was just telling you, <coughs> excuse me, the hotel Becky, Becky booked because it was a treat for my birthday. And uh, she booked this little tiny hotel right on one of the market squares uh, called the Venetian. And it was, it was, I, well, I'm, 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 I can't find the words for it, really. Two star. That was all it was. Lifts in it. Lovely bedroom. Really lovely bedrooms, like a four star. Yeah. Um, it had tea making facilities. It had a little kitchenette in the in the room as well. Um, the beds were fantastic. And it, like I say, it was a two star. And the welcome that you got. And the smiles, always smiles in the bar, in for breakfast, for, for whatever. I mean, you you didn't have a separate restaurant there. You went into the bar and had your food and it was cooked fresh and delivered to you. I couldn't complain about it, but it was, a, I think it was about 90 euros a night for two of you in this, right right in the middle of Valencia, yeah. by the back end of the cathedral. Okay, I know we are. Yeah, in that little square there. And that little square, because I, I can't walk very far these days, but we had a little mooch around the marketplace, and then we went off into the the back roads there and sat down and had uh, some tapas. And every one of them, even though they're doing that all day long, said, welcome, you know, have, have a seat. What would you like? What can we get you in, in Spanish? And then... Uh, fantastic really really truly fantastic it made me proud to live here yeah no no i feel the same in fact uh, where you were mentioning um i did some nice gigs in saint martin's i think it was just uh, near near to the cathedral but uh yeah very very nice what about staff and the way that they maybe uh, are allowed to um, maybe wear their tattoos and earrings and uh, nose rings and all that sort of stuff. What are your feelings about that uh, regarding, uh, you know, how to present yourself to the customers? Well, I don't, I don't like anything like that. I just don't like it. I don't like it. The look of it. I don't like, I don't like it. Um, it's fashion. It, I I accept that. Um, I think the people that do it uh, are there because sometimes I feel that they've got nothing else to offer. So they, they just try and paint their bodies to, to do whatever. Some, of course, are supposed to be tribal. And the nearest thing any of these people have got them to a tribal is probably 
maybe go into Jungle Jim's Burger Bar or something like that. So there's no there's no real uh, association with with what they're doing. I I I think they're ugly. So there's I haven't really got it, it, to make a comment on it. It was diff, difficult for me because I I don't like them. I just think they're I've, I've, and they're phenomenally expensive. Yeah. And I've got a couple of friends who are tattooed head to foot, and it's just and and again taking it one step further. And this is going to upset some people, um, I'm sure. But I'd, t- to see a tattoo on a woman, I think is is okay. In the old days, when my, my father could have had a tattoo in the navy when he was in the navy, that was the thing to do in the forces or whatever go out with the lads on a Saturday night, have a few beers and get a tattoo. And that's why most of them were horrific because they were done with little needles and ink and whatever. Um, not like they are nowadays. I mean, a tattoo artist, I, some of them are beautiful, but it, what, I, I don't understand why you would do that to yourself. No, I, I feel very similar. And in fact, you know, when I was teaching in the college, teaching marketing, that would be something I would try to de to try to deter the students from doing because, you know, for example, if you're going to have a nice meal and you've got L O V E coming at you with the the, the hands, and maybe uh, other tattoos <laughs> here, there, and everywhere, um, you know, I'm sorry, um, I I don't think it's a classy thing, and I think people have let themselves be influenced far too much by the world of music, and I think. Those people that can't see it don't understand it, and those people that don't understand it will never agree with it. But, um, you know, I personally don't like um, to criticise unless it's sort of obviously inappropriate to a situation. And I think if you've got a couple of door staff at the um, club and you're ready to bounce then, yeah, I can understand why you should want to have love and hate on the uh, four fingers. But, um, you know, I think, quite honestly, um, there is something classy about somebody who has a tattoo but doesn't want to show it. Ah, that's a different thing altogether. I think uh, that that's... I don't find that um, entirely acceptable, but I think it's... I just think when you can see them, they're ugly. No matter how, you know, I see some, well, well, you do as well, I'm sure, see some beautiful looking women and they've got, they've, I mean, the one I can't understand is having it done on your face. Why you would have it done on your face. And, and going back to how, you know, what we were talking about, I mean, a t- t- talking about appearances, I, I wouldn't see many jobs being available to anybody who turned up with tattoos on their face, no. maybe a uh, maybe a mechanic for uh, Harley Davidson or uh, working as a bouncer somewhere, or but not really anything, not anything that was customer related, where you really had to go up and chat to a customer. I can't. I would. I would. I would find that off-putting. Um, another aspect of this is the likes of the uniform. So we look at the forces, we look at the police force, we look at the the fire brigade, um, you know, we look at the, the various other parts of the establishment. And very recently, one of the police forces, I think it was Nottingham in the UK, has ordered its um, officers to not wear any gay, lesbian, LGBTQ uh, stuff at all on their uniform. Now, I'm amazed that they even bothered to do it in the first place. But I think that if you're supposed to be an objective police force working objectively with the public, the minute you start putting an LGBTQ flag on your sleeve, you've declared your colours, haven't you? Well, you, you know, it's quite easily readable, isn't it? Let's be honest. Uh, you're, you're actually making a statement immediately, straight away, when you put any form of uh, sticker or um, cloth badge or anything on, on your clothing. And, and actually, 
you're changing the uniform if you do that. You, you brought up firefighters. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're changing the uniform because we all understand that a firefighter will wear X, Y, and Z, and he's a firefighter. But when you start adding things to it, you're you're taking away from the, the authority that that uniform has. I think. Well, well, I thought during this this year where you've seen all these strikes and marches and police supposed to be um, policing certain things. Uh, where the police have obviously been uh, politicised and they're joining in with the people they're supposed to be policing. I think um, we are now at a stage where I think the pendulum is is about as far as it should have gone. In fact, it's gone way too far for me. Yeah, it's gone. I was going to say it's fallen over the pendulum. Yeah, I think. Now, if we go, say, for example, to okay, let's go to sport. If we have um, a rugby team or a football team, but we'll stay with rugby because I'll keep keep you happier that way. Okay. If uh, I understand what you're talking about then. Yeah. But, I mean, if you've got a rugby team that came out at half-time, you would expect them to have dirty kit, uh, splattered with mud, etc., etc. If, however, you did that at the beginning of the match... I don't think many people would be wanting to support Saracens or Leicester Tigers or whoever it might be, you know, because basically if you look at your team and they can't even be bothered to stand and, you know, line up and shake the other person's hand and then then let battle begin, I think that's part and parcel now of, um, you know, your club uniform, uh, keeping the kit clean. I mean, even as an amateur we used to have to go in with clean kit and then go to the matches and then obviously when we got home, get our kit cleaned again. So your th- th- thoughts on that one? Well, I, you know, we, we I was fortunate to play in a, in a team where we, we took our, our uh, kit off and put it in a bag and someone took it away and washed it and made it presentable in our shorts. So um, that, was, that was a bonus. But, I mean, I... You, you would not, as as a team, you would not want to be, look like you're filthy, scruffy or whatever. Because if you do that, then you, you're not going to play as a team because there'll be different people in it. And you're much stronger. I mean, I, I don't know, it must be a, a psychological thing, but you're much stronger when you're all looking the same and you're all looking as if you're going to, you know, it, it just makes you a uniform. It makes you one. So that's as far as team team wear and sports goes. I think if if you're if you're playing for a team, you all have to have this exactly the same, washed, clean, and also it makes you feel better. Yeah, it makes you feel better. Well, I mean, I wonder how the team would feel if only the captain and the, and the vice captain's shirts were washed. So you know, you go to your dressing room. And they're hanging up all around the room are dirty kits apart from two members of the team. Um, supposing the referee turned up and uh, was completely and utterly dishevelled and didn't look as smart as they do look. I mean, to be fair to referees, um, both in rugby and in football, they do turn out and they might not get the right results when it comes to uh, the officialdom. But uh, they do actually look the part to start with, don't they? Yeah, I mean, a referee, well, when I, I can remember when I was playing, the referees were immaculate, immaculate when they came out on the pitch. Um, the boots were polished highly, the, the socks were perfectly positioned, the shorts were with creases in them, you know, and all of the referees were like that, all of them. They might not have ended like that at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, and, and that is, that helps you attain things, doesn't it? That helps you, you know, get to, get to where you want to be in a, in a sense. You're halfway there if you've got two teams and a referee and, and the sideline on the sidelines that are immaculate. It lifts everything up and gives everybody a, a good feeling. 
Um, and that's the same thing with any uniform, though, I believe, um, which, um, you know, I, I know that there are a couple of star rugby players now that have uh, tattoos all over their bodies and they are and uh, look a bit of a mess to me. But, you know, I, the, the Maoris, for example, have got uh, tattoos everywhere. The, the New Zealanders, yeah. they, they've, they've got they're all tattooed, but you can't really see it because of the colour of their skin. So it doesn't really, but they're warrior people anyway. You know that before you even play them. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about hairstyles. Because over our lifetime, we've had a plethora of different uh, styles. We've had uh, the skinheads, obviously. We've had the uh, the hippies. We've had the beetle cuts. We've had uh, all sorts. Uh, whereas nowadays, I think it's a, a question of um, going with your head to uh, a, a place where somebody uh, just lets their imagination run riot. Um, when you look at the footballers, for example, you know, it must take them about uh, two hours to get themselves ready to um, go out on the pitch. Uh, yeah, you, you're winding me up today, aren't you, with this footballer stuff and all that? Why, goodness me. <laughs> yes, I agree. Well, um, how do you control it? Because... I don't think there is any control anymore. You know, you do see certain teams. Now, I remember when I was running the YTS and if we were sending somebody up to Nottingham Forest, we would have to tell them, look, Brian Clough does not like you to wear your hair over your collar. If you don't bother to get your hair cut, you're wasting your time. And we've had people who wouldn't listen and they've come back and said, um, Cloughy didn't even listen to us. You know, he didn't even watch us, didn't want to know us. And I said, well, you were told and, and you didn't listen. But I mean, realistically, um, you know, things that used to be applicable don't seem to apply anymore. You know, this business, obviously, the transgender at the end of the day, you know, you've got to decide how you want to um, present yourself to the world now. At the moment, we're going through hell with everybody trying to make up their minds whether this is right, that's right. But we're talking about 0.03 of a percent of Great Britain's uh, or United Kingdom's population. Out of that 0.03, then, you know, when you actually look at the percentage that will be football players, uh, it seems rather strange to me that uh, people are making you still take the knee or wear a, um, a, 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 a an armband or emblazoned with the um, the gay bag of uh, uh, gay colors which of course is nonsensical because they're not really the gay colors they've been hijacked and used by the gay brigade for um, for their own purposes at the end of the day it's color nobody owns color do they no no it, I mean it it's um I, I I am just so pleased we grew up when we grew up and we learned about the things that we learned about and we didn't have any problems or issues with with colour or or any anything and it it was it was quite easy to grow up then and I I often I often want wonder when you watched something like Love Thy Neighbour which was a which yeah. was the I mean. That that was some clever, clever writing. And the interesting thing was I was looking at some the, the other day because someone wanted to be amused and there was nothing on TV that amused me. So I thought, well, I'm going to have a look at the old Love Thy Neighbour. And, you know, for as much as White Honky was mentioned by the, the, the uh, black guy. Yeah. The white guy was always having a go at the black guy. And the two of them, at the end of it, they were equal. It might have the switch. The seesaw would have gone one way one minute, and then the seesaw came back the other the other way. And so it kept going that one got one got a paste in as a, a black man, and then the other one got a paste in as a white man. Everybody laughed at both. Exactly. Uh, look, I, I, I often sit and try and think through how we have got to this horrendous position of people thinking it's all about hate. Uh, well, I didn't grow up with any hate. 
I didn't grow up with uh, any dis- strong dislike of black people. I mean, you know, quite the reverse. I, I used to go to school with a black lad, lovely lad, uh, Peter Noon, um, Mansell Sakluna, another friend of mine from India. You know, we, we, we just... Well, when you come from Liverpool and you've actually had no blacks, no dogs, no Irish on the front door of people's um, guest houses, I think really, you know, um, you you can't really be prejudiced. I think that uh, you, you, no matter what happens, you stop and you think to yourself, "No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get sucked into this." You know, I, I I've I've loved all these black singers and black musicians and black uh, entertainers and black uh, sports people. They've enriched my life, and I'm not going to let anybody spoil the way that I feel about it. That's how I think, anyway. Um, but it's true. I, that's, that's how I I think. I still think. I. I I wonder really how we've all been, all of us, the world has been sucked into this black and white thing. I just, I just, I don't understand it, but it's there. It's there because I, you know, I, I can't, it's been, it's been um, subliminally put into us. Agenda, agenda, agenda 2030, Matt. It's on everybody's website. If you have the time to go and read it, it's all there. And unfortunately, you know, there's not an awful lot we can do about it because these people that are making things happen, making our um, our appearance conversation always come back to something like race or transgender or something like that. You know, um, we've shown that for the numbers of years that we've been around you didn't need this type of an argument you have created it and i don't know um exactly which name that we'll put to this eventually but there are certain names they have created this problem um we're looking at appearance today what do you feel about matching trousers and shoe colors my wife goes bonkers when she sees brown shoes with, um, you know, maybe a grey suit, or or a or a blue suit. Um, I, you know, I it again. It was something that was drummed into us as kids. You didn't wear that. Go and change. That does not go with that. Yeah. Go and change. You look ridiculous. And I used to think it was so blooming futile. What does it matter? Because, I, like I said to you earlier, I, I'm not a clothesy person. Uh, I don't look at designer clothes. I don't have any. If I want to buy whatever I want to buy, I can buy it. So, but I don't. Wouldn't choose my money to buy a. a some sometimes I do it with quality. To and to 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 buy something that's good that's got quality, quality, not rubbish. But you know, the, even the good stores that used to be now sell rubbish. And it comes a lot from China, I'm sure, and Japan, because there's an, uh, let's see, I'm I'm a five XL. I have to admit, five XL in Marks and Spencers, yeah. right? I used to that used to drown me. I haven't got any bigger. I'm the same. That used to drown, not drown me, but that used to fit comfortably. If I get a five XL now, depending where it comes from, it won't fit. Yeah. Well. Uh... Um, you know, uh, it, it's it's bizarre. Um, I've stayed the same sort of weight for the last twenty years, so you know, I I, I can't. I I'm stuck. I would quite like to wear stylish clothes, but the big and tall things, because I'm short and squat, they don't fit the big and tall range. So I, I would like to look a little bit more tidier sometimes, but I find out here especially out here, a a smart T-shirt and a a smart pair of shorts is quite sufficient. Yep, I think you're right. And and believe it or not, we've got to the point of saying a very happy Christmas and obviously uh, you and all your family, I wish you well and uh, we wish everybody suffering in the world these horrible wars, we wish you well and let's hope that things will improve for everybody in the in the new year i do too i mean i i i follow your your reasoning and your uh, 
requirements. I mean, it's just awful what's going on. I can't believe, and it's Christmas time yeah. when we should all be celebrating together as one. There's so much diversion, but we can only hope that things get better in the future. Yeah. Okay, Matt, thank you for that. And we've been having a look at keeping up appearances today. Happy Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and Anne.